0: This is Dr. Charles Parker, and you are listening to Core Brain Journal. It's a place where I connect both fresh discoveries and interesting, different perspectives from advanced mind science with the realities of real people and everyday life down on Main Street. Well, welcome aboard, folks. Dr. Charles Parker here, one more time at Core Brain Journal. And we have a very interesting guy here today who's talking. You know, we so often talk about the mind and body being connected. And almost every single one of our esteemed guests comes in and tells us really interesting things about that connection and how we can understand it, how we can improve upon it, and deal with each person as an entirety, as a as a customized entirety, if you could, you know, perhaps a bad word, but we have to think about it that way. So, Dr. Chris Weaver, thank you so much for joining us. Chuck, absolutely. It's my pleasure being here. Thanks for having me on. So, Dr. Weaver, we're going to introduce him formally in just a second, but kinesiology is what we're going to be talking about. If you have a remote interest in how uh, physiology, muscle, bone, and body physiology effects with the mind, we're going to be talking about it in just a second. But before we get started, a couple of words from our sponsors. First of all, you listeners already know how much we love the reality of hard, real data here at Core Brain Journal. And today we welcome our clinical friend and new sponsor partner, Direct Health Access Laboratory. With over 3 million studies, they are deep leaders of experience with the big picture of measuring these uh, potentially arcane topics that are absolutely cost-effective and usable, useful, for example, methylation, cryptopyrrole, and coppter co- I can't even say it. copper challenges Get a little excited there. They are a global service with a molecular focus. Stay tuned and do go over to dhalab.com forward/core slash core to see what they're about if you're remotely interested in Walsh protocols. And then our second group, you listeners also know how much we appreciate detailed improvements of mind care in terms of techniques working with individuals. And today we're pleased to welcome an additional sponsor with a deep interest in fresh options to address a very significant problem that's going on nationally, the complexity of adolescent treatment failure, both nationally and internationally. For 80 years, the nonprofit Barry Robinson Center teams in Norfolk, Virginia, provide residential care on an evolved family, interpersonal, and indeed global level. They're TRICARE friendly. More about them later. Take a look at them over at Barry, B-A-R-Y, barryrobinson.org forward slash core for more information. So now let me tell you guys about Dr. Chris Weaver. Uh, Dr. Uh, Weaver is a chiropractic physician. He is practicing down in Gastonia, North Carolina, right near the functional medicine capital of the world on the East Coast. It isn't Seattle. It's, it's out here, in, and it's in Asheville, North Carolina. And he's resided in Asheville, North Carolina, has a wellness centers located right outside in Fletcher, North Carolina. As a chiropractor, his objective is to locate, analyze, and remove misalignments of the spinal bones that are placing a pressure on the spinal nerve roots. Now, some of you are going to say ho-hum to that. Now, those of you who say ho-hum, you have to remember that I'm an osteopathic physician myself. My mother was an osteopathic physician. My brother was an osteopathic, still is, but he's retired. And what happens is, the, this is just part of understanding what's going on Uh, physiologically, neurophysiologically, and has to do with healing. We're going to hear more about it in a second. So the pressure that is placed on the nerve root on the vertebra is an interference in the brain's ability to communicate with the body and vice versa. As an applied kinesiologist, Chris is going to tell us how he looks at the muscular system, the acupuncture meridian system, Hey, folks, that's only about 7,000 years old, by the way. The lymphatic system, the neuromuscular reflexes, nutrition, and all of the different release, uh, uh, modalities that release tension and stress placed on the central nervous system. He's, he's looking at the whole picture is what it comes down to. So, Chris, with that, let's go ahead and ask you to tell us a little more. Our topic today is really your topic, Applied kinesiology. First of all, tell us, what in the heck is that all about? What is applied kinesiology? Well, I tell you
1: what, they probably uh, could have came up with a little easier name to uh, <laughs> pronounce. It, it can be, so in the field, we call it AK, so it makes it a little bit easier to uh, pronounce, especially for a good old boy from Gastonia, North Carolina. So, mm-hmm. But no, you did an amazing job. I, I don't know if I can top the introduction that you gave there. That was pretty... Pretty great, pretty impressive, and that's pretty much the gist of it. Um, First and foremost, I am certainly a chiropractor. Uh, Big, big, important aspect of what I do is making sure that the um, spine is structurally in alignment. As you said, there is no pressure being applied to those spinal nerve roots. I think the thing that people kind of um, miss the picture with is those spinal nerve roots are connected directly to your spinal cord. And so it's kind of the beginning stages of what's called the peripheral nervous system. But, you know, those little guys that come outside of the bones there in the spine, those have a direct connection to the spinal cord. So pressure there um, certainly can manifest itself in a lot of different ways. And, you know, kind of the old thing that, that we deal with is, well, I'm not in pain. I don't have back pain. Do I need to come see a chiropractor? And, and why on earth would I? And you know, what I always tell people is only 20% of your nervous system has anything to do with pain reception. The other 80% has everything to do with function of every single cell, tissue, muscle, organ in the body. So, you have an 8 out of 10% chance that there can be a misalignment causing an interference in your nervous system, your brain's ability to communicate with your body, which is a pretty big deal, and have no idea that it's occurring because there's no pain there. So, and applied kinesiology for me was a blessing in that it just takes uh, things to a completely different level in terms of how I can help folks. Uh, like you said, we're looking at the acupuncture meridian system to make sure that the energy flow throughout the body is what it should, should be. Uh, we also look at the lymphatic system, which anytime there's muscle inflammation, there's conditions, anything like that, one of the concerns is a... Uh, sort of inability of the lymph system to drain the way that it's supposed to. And obviously, that's our body's way of getting rid of a lot of icky uh, foreign objects, viruses, bacteria, all of those things that we come into contact with. So vitally important that that's flowing as it should be. Uh, circulation, big issues there. So we want to make sure that, uh, you know, the body is able to get the blood nutrition to the areas that it should. And then, Anytime there's a condition in the body, typically we see that there's some type of vitamin or mineral deficiency that's taking place. So it really just helps me up my ability to help a person in a holistic manner. We're not just fixating on that spinal misalignment. We're looking at the effects that that misalignment is, is causing and trying to address, you know, here's the, the thing that I think a lot of chiropractors fall short with, is we're never really looking for what's causing these misalignments to continue to occur. And so, you know, it's one thing to make adjustments. And I think kind of our big thing in chiropractic is we talk about, we adjust the because We're looking at the cause for conditions in the body. Mm-hmm. And we're putting a Band-Aid on top of something or we're not, you know, providing a medication to address the symptoms. But honestly, here's the thing. If you're adjusting someone over and over and over and over again, well, what's the difference? It's the same thing as, as, as putting a Band-Aid on top. You're just utilizing an adjustment versus you know, a, a medication or something
0: like that. So. You know, Chris, that's so interesting, you know, because uh, while you're talking, what you're saying is, folks, we got to go deeper than just, you know, yes, you can have a misalignment. You can put somebody in an adjustment and hear that back crack or the neck crack or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. But what
0: Chris is saying, folks, it's a lot more than that because if you're really looking at what's going on, you have to deal with what the underlying cause is to really uh, – facilitate the person straightening out for the long run and having no future uh, maladaptive misalignments, but more than misalignments. That's why I'm hesitating there because it's really that misalignment is just a symptom of something else that's going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep.
1: That's exactly right. And, you know, my kind of my saying is that the body's only going to receive this adjustment that I, you know, provide for a person as well as what the muscular system is going to allow the biggest causes of spinal misalignment, the main cause is stress, and there's three different types of stress that we're looking at that has the potential to cause those spinal muscles to contract to the point that they're going to pull the vertebra out of alignment, and that's emotional stress. So you think about it, anytime any time you get emotionally stressed out, first thing you do is kind of clamp down, and you, know, you hold a lot of pressure in you know, the, the shoulder region, in the back. Uh, The toxins, so the chemical stressors that we're encountering, and trust me, more and more these days we're exposed to a whole plethora of just environmental toxins from, you know, the pesticides that are sprayed on everything from our grass to our food, uh, you know, the emissions from cars. I mean, just, you know, everything, the cleaners that we're using to so-called clean our houses and our offices and so forth. And then, of course, there's physical stress, which I think is – Probably the least likely cause of spinal misalignment. You know, it's very rare that somebody's involved in an auto accident or takes a nice blow to the back, you know, in a football game or something. And of course, that has the potential to cause some misalignment. But it's sort of the emotional and the chemical that people don't necessarily think about. But yeah. you know, that affects the muscles and the muscles affect the bone. And so, you know, you have to look at everything. You can't just look at the structural
0: component. So true. I mean, you know, it's funny because while you're talking, I'm thinking about the different things. We had a guy who was an extremely articulate instructor when I was in medical school on osteopathic principles. And and one of the things they said, which is completely in line with what you were saying a moment ago about uh, many individuals on your side of the field, is the phrase was find it, fix it, and leave it alone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, And, you know, you and I are talking about something different than that. Mm-hmm. we you just say, find it, fix it, and go further. I mean, don't really just let that be the, and, and the same things happen over in psychiatry, by the way, Chris, you know, psychiatry uh, is loaded with uh, the opportunities of uh, chasing labels and putting human beings in boxes that really don't sure. exist in reality. They're just appearances, and they're not even scientifically, I mean, they have a certain measure of science behind them because people have tried things based on appearances, that do work. They're not. They're not something you throw out. Mm-hmm. Look at what's really going on with an individual. We've got to look at brain function. We've got to look at the way the body works with the brain to figure out what's really going on. Or we're we're throwing meds into uh, a smokescreen. You know, we don't really know what we're doing. We're chasing. It's like resuscitating the canary in the coal mine instead of looking for the methane.
1: Exactly. That's a that's a really good analogy. And yeah, I mean. I kind of come from a maybe a little different background than most chiropractors. I worked for years as a mental health counselor, so I certainly saw, I think for me, that was kind of a thing that sort of pushed me into perhaps looking at helping people in a more holistic, natural way than, you know, yeah, I mean, I worked hand in hand with a psychiatrist and a lot of times he's scratching his head trying to figure out what in the world's going on with this person. And you're right. I mean. Whether it's for billing purposes or, or whatever, you have to sort of come up with this diagnosis yeah. based upon the symptoms that you're seeing this person present with in that moment of time. And then, you know, trying to, you know, just look yeah. at it from a very one-sided standpoint and putting medications, uh, you know, into the person. So, yeah, very good analogy
0: there. Well, the, ta- the tail is indeed wagging the dog. That's right. We're, we're <laughs> dancing with managed care out here. We Absolutely. embrace the devil, and he steps on our feet repeatedly. Mm-hmm. He has halitosis and can't keep a beat to the music. Nah, I love it. That's right. <laughs> but we're going to hang on to him because we have no other choice. That's right. Enough of that. So then let's talk more about the application of, for example, some samples where you've come in and seen, okay, Here's an issue with kinesiology that really goes much deeper. I'm interested to tell you the truth in acupuncture. Uh, I'm interested in in all of the things that you're that you're doing, mm-hmm. uh, and you don't have to talk about acupuncture. I'm just bringing it up. You really sure. talk about whatever you want to, but we've had a person on who was talking about just the way the uh, range of motion is with individuals, mm-hmm. and how it could actually. Um, reveal underlying issues that are present that you wouldn't know were there because it looks like it's so subtle and it's so indeed innocuous. Right, right. And that's, you know, that's probably something that still never ceases
1: to amaze me. You know, the way that kinesiology works is we're looking at the muscles and we're looking at muscle function. So we do a lot of muscle testing now, the thing to keep in mind is the muscle testing we're looking at is not how strong that the muscle is. It's, you know, when, I, when I first start working with the person, they're, you know, they almost feel like we're in this strength battle. You know, they're trying to overpower me, I'm, and it's not at all that. We're not looking at the functional strength of the muscle. What we're looking at is the muscle's ability to contract in this very minute, almost millisecond of time. So, what I should be able to do is, you know, if I'm testing the hamstring, which the person is lying, you know, prone, we bring the leg bent, and I'm basically just pushing on the ankle, trying to take that leg straight, they're resisting that movement. Ideally, if there's no neurological interference inside of the body, I should be able to apply about 20% more pressure once we've kind of met their resistance, my resistance has met, I take about 20% more. And there's this brief little period there where if there's no neurological interference, they should be able to compensate with that without even having to think about it. It's just a natural reaction that occurs. And so that's what it is. So it's a window into a person's nervous system. And that's just the base. That's where we start. You know, it's just letting us know, okay, there's some type of noxious stimuli somewhere in the nervous system. And then from there, you have to create a picture. Is it a a muscular injury? Is it an issue with you know, one of the acupuncture meridian points that's not open, There's is it too open, there's too much energy flowing through there, we need to turn it down, you know, is there an, an organ? For every muscle, there's a, you know, an organ correlation. So, for instance, if both sartorius muscles are shot and there's just no, you know, uh, you know, they're testing, f- inhibited is what we call it, so, not testing weak, that's kind of a, not a great term, but some folks say what's a weak muscle? But the sartorius, the, the muscle-organ correlation there is the adrenal glands. So that's, you know, just, again, it's not saying, okay, your sartorius muscles test weak. Here we go. It's an adrenal gland dysfunction. But it starts to paint a picture. So it's almost like being a detective. So then we look at the reading points. We look at the reflex points, which are correlated with the circulation. We look at the, the lymph system. We look at nutrition. You know, a lot of times with the adrenal glands, you can test things like licorice root, ashwanda. You can look at you know, adrenal bovine uh, extracts and so forth. So it's just, it's really neat. And it never ceases to amaze me some of the, the findings that we can find. But again, it's all because this neurological component, I mean, your ability to flex your muscles, your ability to walk, to contract muscles, that's not the muscle itself. That's all a function of the nervous system of the brain. So anytime there's any dysfunction with the muscle, we know that there's an underlying dysfunction somewhere in the nervous system. So that's what it's all about at the end of the day. We're trying to figure that point out.
0: Very interesting. Let me ask you this question because it's funny, uh, you know, even my my training, my um, musculoskeletal training for want of a better word has always been tied up with uh locked points, things that were locked and mm-hmm. where the communication process seemed to be broken or insufficient. Right. And so when you said that about acupuncture points, mm-hmm. that in fact some acupuncture points are characterized by an excessive flow of energy. Absolutely. That was a little bit of a shock for me. And I wanted to have you amplify on that a little bit because <laughs> Uh, I, I I really want to learn about it. And I'll I'll tell you something about neurotransmitter modulators, the uh, transporter proteins on the presynaptic nerves, which mm-hmm. undergo changes in the same way. It could be too much or too little. But right. Tell us about that acupuncture point uh, business and and how and what's what's the relevance of too fast and too slow. Sure. So it's all about balance. I mean, there's the yin and the yang, and that's
1: what it's you know been based upon for the last. 7,000 years, and so, I mean, anytime you have a facilitator, a muscle that's, that does show up weak, let's say we actually do have a weak muscle, functionally, there's a weak muscle, there's always going to be compensation that's taking place, I mean, very seldom is our body going to allow us just to, to not be able to walk, let's say we have, you know, the lateral head of the hamstring is, is actually weak, well, we're not going to lose the ability to to walk to flex a leg it's just the medial head is going to compensate other you know muscles in the body will compensate so at that point they become overactive and so you have this little guy here the lateral head that's not living up to you know what he should be able to do so the other guys are having to put in overtime well they're overworked they're overtired so we typically will see kind of an overabundance of energy flow into these guys so we need to tone those down let them relax and then bring up that lateral head, you know, the hamstring to get him back. So that's kind of, and then you can look into the organ. I mean, you know, you get into the whole, um, you know, the 24 hour clock period where each, you know, hour there's a different um, organ, you know, that, that is working at that hour, you know, 2 a.m. for some reason is the liver. And that's kind of, if a person's always waking up at 2 a.m. and they can't understand why, well, there's too much energy going to that liver meridian so you've got to tone those down and the tone down you know you have sedation points you have the lute points those are the two areas there that you kind of look at to see if there's too much basically energy flow too much in going through the meridian so you want to
0: turn down that you broke yeah. up. You're breaking up a little bit, a right there. point for the liver. Say,
1: that just you know the person is waiting
0: to explain it. Say that last part again, because it may have been that you moved a little bit or something, but you were fading in okay. and out right at that moment when you were talking about the meridians, the liver, and then it was going too fast and too slow, and then you just broke up completely right there. Sure. Okay sorry about that. So yeah what you know happens a lot of times if you have someone
1: that, that is waking up and i'm just using the liver which for some reason is coming to my mind right now but it's around the 2 to 3 a.m. period is when that liver is most active in terms of the chi or the energy. And so if a person is waking up you know repeatedly night after night right around that same 2 2:15 period of time then certainly one of the things that we look at is hitting the sedation point kind of turning down the energy flow into that particular meridian so that it helps to create more balance. And the person's not, you know, and a lot of times, believe it or not, we've actually seen folks that then once we treat that over a couple of sessions, then they no longer are waking up during that period of time. So that's just one, a couple of examples. It's a muscular example and also an organ example of of times that the meridian uh, points can be overactive.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So, then you. So what happens is there's a direct application to some of the things that are going to be relevant for mm-hmm. a person's energy, for their lifestyle, for how they manage themselves on a daily basis. It's That's not it. just, you know, back pain, for example. It's it's a whole a whole lot of other things in in terms of energy, uh, probably clarity of thinking, because the wires aren't getting uh, crossed so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. And,
1: you know, back, and it's just ironic, yesterday was chiropractic's birthday. It was uh, the 18th of September was when D.D. Palmer did, uh, you know, administered the first chiropractic adjustment. And so I always tell people, you know, back when chiropractic was developed for many, many decades, back pain was never anything that, that chiropractors even thought about. You know, it was never a treatment for back pain. Then as we got closer to the 60s and the 70s, I mean, over time, we saw that, hey, we're having some pretty good results for helping people with back pain because all of a sudden they're asking the chiropractors, hey, you know, I feel better, but I'm also noticing that I don't have back pain. Is what you're doing? Is that helping with it? And they're like, well, maybe, I don't know. So it kind of became our ticket into the whole Medicare program back in the 70s. We kind of had to have this, you know, sort of definable benefit you know we couldn't be out here in the kind of metaphysical realm of saying well we can help improve the function of the body overall so we had to have something and you know the medical community was pretty uh pretty happy to give us back that's <laughs> you know, kind of a, a frustrating thing to deal with so we just kind of quickly became equated with back pain when you know initially and, and still to this day it's not really anything the chiropractic uh, was even you know developed around it was just basically to. Take away the interference that's resulting from a misaligned vertebra that's placing a pressure there on that spinal nerve root that's causing this obstruction in the brain's ability to communicate with the body and the body's ability to communicate information back to the brain so that you can achieve and maintain homeostasis or balance. And so, uh, yeah, it's just it, over the years, we've kind of become, you know, the back pain guy. I can go ask 100 people and 99 of them are going to tell me the only yeah. thing chiropractic is good for us. Yeah, pain, yeah. So it's pretty funny.
0: Well, and I think the thing is, uh, even today, it's interesting because uh, we see people all the time. Now, people that recognize they have very specific alignment issues and want to do something about it and have very positive results that are more than more than just the alignment. I mean, they can see a person can see their entire lives straighten out, you know. Absolutely.
1: That's a good point. You know, it's, it's, it is. It's an alignment, you know, in, in all aspects of life, and it's a balance. And I think that's a, a better term I wish more chiropractors would use It's you know, it's, 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 it's about balance. It's balancing out, you know, the muscles. It's balancing out the alignment of the spine. And, and of course, with applied kinesiology, we look to balance out several more systems than just the, the musculoskeletal.
0: That's you nice. know, one of the one of the things uh, I'd like to hear your remarks on because we see it all the time, and and this is I, I don't do manipulation. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I manipulate people to try to get them to do what I want them to do. But there you go. <laughs> I, I'm open. I'm saying, look, I'm going to try to manipulate you. I'll tell a kid that. I'll tell the mother. I'm going to. I'm going to do what I can because I think I'm right. You know. Right. So, and they, and, you know, that may or may not work out, but I'm straightforward about it. But back to the manipulation thing. And one of the things that carried over from my early days of training back in Philadelphia was the whole thoracic outlet syndrome situation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so often overlooked. And yet a person can have a problem in the thoracic outlet. I'm going to let you tell them a little bit about it. But their hands don't work right. I've got it right hand that doesn't work I got a left hand that doesn't work and I'm like it was working for a long time and now it just doesn't work anymore right and they don't have any idea about what it is and they think well it's not my back and in fact in a lot of respects it isn't your back but it does have something to do with that thoracic outlet and getting that corrected is so well it's a little more difficult it's not easy but once you see it it's easy because all you have to do is go ahead and do something about it. Do you want to address that a little bit? Sure. yes. Yeah. So ironically, the,
1: the last patient that I had today was uh, my thoracic outlet syndrome sufferer. So <laughs> it's funny that you bring that one up. And here's the thing. She's a hairdresser. So that's one of the professions that we see a lot of uh, kind of that numbness tingling that runs down into the hands. Usually the last couple of fingers, the ulnar nerve is is you know typically where we see it of course it can manifest itself in the median nerve which then the first thing we begin to think about is carpal tunnel syndrome but for folks that work kind of with their hands sort of outstretched all day like hairdressers painters drywall guys that are working on ceilings roofs things like that
0: mm-hmm. you
1: suddenly start to see this nasty thing called thoracic outlet syndrome and you're right. It basically, they just begin to feel like they are losing the function of their hands and of their arms. And certainly, you know, anything overhead can exacerbate that symptomology, but it certainly can transfer on all areas of their life. You know, there could be times where they're going to take a shower and it feels like they're losing uh, the ability to uh, use their hands and arms. Yeah. So what happens is it's certainly an urban pinchment that's taking place. Um, and as most every, every nerve in the body, there's a origin is in the spine, you know, with the spinal nerve roots. There's a couple of other things that can play in there. There's an anomaly called a cervical rib where uh, basically C7, you know, we associate their ribs with the thoracic vertebra, 1 through 12. We have 12 ribs ideally, but some folks actually have a, a bony outgrowth of the little rudimentary transverse process on C7, that sticks out and some of them can be, you know, a couple of inches long to the point that it actually grabs hold and places in the pressure right on that peripheral nerve that's running, you know, down into the arm and and all the way out. And then, of course, uh, you know, there's muscular issues if there's a lot of inflammation, especially in the deltoid, uh, sometimes in the pec minor is uh, one of the muscles that a lot of times can be inflamed, overused, overworked to the point that it's placing a pressure on those nerves as they're passing down. Yeah. Um, you know, that's another thing that we look for. And so it's, yeah, sometimes we always, you know, here's a, the analogy that one of my professors gave me, is a lot of times, you know, if you pull a dog's tail, where does the sound come out of? It comes out the mouth. <laughs> so the issue is there at the tail, but it's manifesting itself on the opposite end of the dog, you know. So yeah. you can't always think, okay, well, this is a hand issue. This is an arm issue. Actually, in fact, the, the true, uh um, problem is, is in the spine. So a lot of times making adjustments to the lower cervical region, the upper thoracic region, those are kind of the areas that are most uh, at play if there is thoracic outlet syndrome. But outside of that, there's a lot of soft tissue work that I utilize, really treating the deltoid, mm-hmm. treating the minor, things like that, trying to pull that inflammation off, make sure that the lymphatic system is draining really well at those points uh, in the upper extremity. So, uh, yeah, certainly, uh, certain professions put you more at risk for it. But, you know, I've seen school teachers that, that have some pretty nasty uh, symptoms as a result of thoracic outlet syndrome. So, Wow.
0: I was just going to take a quick break, and I, and I thought what I'd do is ask you a question now sure. for the break and, and have you address it. This is really core brain journal, and I'm, I don't need to put you on the spot, but I do want to have you address this, because you're really thinking very deeply about these matters. You're not just thinking about the spine. We're talking about some uh, manifestations of things that are related very peripherally. And uh, and, and really what I want to do is get a little bit into the brain and psychology and, and the head a little bit with you and ask you the question, how does applied kinesiology really work with uh, mental issues, including whatever, depression, cognitive Mm -hmm. awareness. Uh, I mean, the obvious one would be headaches. Let's Mm -hmm. come back in just a few minutes and talk about that one. So we'll be back in just a sec. Well, folks, you know as well as I do that psychiatric treatment failure, especially after multiple medication trials and those very, very brief hospitalizations may prove insufficient to deal at home with the complexity of troubled children and, and those adolescents from 6 to 17 years old. Improved care, those next mandatory steps, should include a more comprehensive approach to address those multiple levels of challenges, from family to peers to school, diagnostically from defiance to depression, on every level, for families including military families internationally. The Barry Robinson Center's 32-acre open college-like campus in Norfolk, Virginia, provides safety and security and clean, comfortable living. How do we know? We refer folks over there all the time, strongly endorse what they're doing. So for further information and informed interview, connect at this page, barryrobinson.org forward slash CORE. Well, you folks already know that here at CoreBrain Journal, we're on a mission to introduce you to resources that make significant contributions to the investigation of those predictable mind science applications. Our colleagues at DHA Lab Group provide a real difference with treatment options for people at every level, from first awareness of mind problems to those frustrating times when even well-informed treatment becomes surprisingly unpredictable. For my entire professional life, from psychoanalysis to brain scans, I've searched for, yes, improved predictability. The good news for all of us, from professionals to patients, remarkably effective research offers useful, cost-effective, organic options far beyond guesswork with psychiatric medications alone. DHA lab tests measure unbalanced biomedical details through easily available testing now available globally for a variety of molecular answers from, for example, methylation, copper, and cryptopyrrole challenges. Check in for more details at dhalab.com core. That's dhalabcom forward slash core. Okay, coming back, we're going to look, and thank you so much for taking a moment here, Chris, to tell us about this stuff. We we're really interested in uh, the, this Core Brain Journal concept of how are we going to keep track of the things that actually affect brain function. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, and it's a little late in the interview here. I'm sorry it takes so long to do this. I got off on the whole issue of uh, you know, thoracic outlet, which is a private interest. It's interesting you had a patient with it. Give us a couple words about what happens with you, patients, and how applied kinesiology can work to the overall development of a person in terms of their cognitive, their emotional life. You talked about sleep already, which is a very important point. So just address a couple of thoughts there, if you will, please.
1: Absolutely. So one of the things that I see, and it's just kind of one of the, the things I appreciate seeing the most with folks as I work with them over a period of time, is there, there is a lot of emotional turnaround. And it's one of the things that usually doesn't manifest itself so much in the first visit. You know, people aren't coming to a chiropractor to talk about issues with anxiety or depression or PTSD or anything. And, I, and I've seen all of these things. Uh, so they almost sort of unfold themselves as we're working more and more together. Now, one of the things, just from a chiropractic standpoint, certainly getting any interference out of the nervous system that we can, that's beginning in the spine will certainly help to regulate mood, things of that nature. I mean, it's just, you know, a properly functioning nervous system sets the stage for, you know, more emotional balance. But with the applied kinesiology, we actually have different techniques that we utilize from cranial adjustments. People don't think about it, but those cranial bones do move. I mean, they're not they not moving to the same degree as what the, the spinal vertebrae move, but they have to be able to move just slightly in order to, you know, compensate for changes in pressure, of the cerebrospinal fluid. I mean, certainly if we have head injuries, things like that, we start to get a lot of swelling and so forth. So they have to be somewhat pliable. They're not completely locked down. So we do cranial adjustments. Um, a lot of times what I've seen is if there is, you know, the temporal bone or the parietal bone, especially uh, even the hard palate, those are kind of the three big areas that we see a lot of are the sphenoid, which is, is more or less right there with the hard palate. If there are you know, certain pressures or misalignments of those bones, they put more of an intense pressure kind of on the brain itself. So a lot of times, not just with headaches, but also some emotional stuff, kind of freeing that up, getting those sort of placed back in a more ideal uh, positioning has certainly helped. Um, but we also utilize like temporal tapping. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But no,
0: what, what is that?
1: So basically what we have is a person is just going to tap along what's called the uh, temporal sphenoid line, which is just a line that basically outlines the temporal bone starting at the uh, external acoustic meatus or the ear hole. And Mm -hmm. so they're going to gently tap as they work their way all around kind of the outline of the temporal bone Mm -hmm. towards the back of the ear. Now, as they do that, what we'll do is if they're wrestling with a certain issue, you know, just say, for instance, having a really hard time with my spouse. So we're going to have them think about having a really hard time with my spouse, having a really hard time with my spouse, kind of just making this, and they don't have to say it out loud. It can kind of just be this internal dialogue that they're having as they're tapping along that. And if they're in the office, then I'll tap it for them. And so we'll tap on the right side and they'll do that. Well, then on the left side, we're going to do the same thing, just going along that same outline there, the temporal bone. And we're going to just gently tap Going around, they're going to say, I'm no longer worried about this issue with my spouse. I'm no longer worried about this issue with my spouse. I'm no longer worried about this issue with my spouse. So it's almost like this affirmation that we're doing. At the same time, we're tapping. And, you know, this kind of just goes back to old Eastern medicine. It's nothing. uh, Certainly the good developed when he was doing the applied kinesiology. He just kind of studied everything. He's like, you know what? This Eastern medicine stuff is stuck around for a century, for millennia, you know? There's got to be something to it. So we use that. And then there's also neurological switching, which is kind of people get switched. And it's, you know, right brain, left brain, things are kind of wonky. And one of the things that I always look for is if I tell someone to, to lie face down on my table and they lie face up, you know, it's like, hmm, there's something kind of off there. So we, again, look at the acupuncture meridians. We'll look at the cranial. Uh, bones, things like that, just to see if there's any kind of emotional switching that's taking place. And stress is kind of the big culprit there. You know, if you're dealing with stress and you're dealing with adrenal fatigue, things like that, then you're kind of, you know, battling a lot of things emotionally. You kind of get a little wonky there. And so, you know, there's some certain things that we can do to kind of help unswitch a person and kind of get things back on track for them. So
0: it throws your symmetry off. Now, I was listening to what you were saying because I hadn't heard about tapping before, but I wanted to review that and just run the tape back on that real quickly because I wondered if there was a methodology in terms of negative and positive with um, brain laterality. I mean, did you start with the left side uh, on, on the negative and then get a positive on the right side for a reason? Is that a part of the technique? Yes, it is part of
1: the technique, and yeah, you do start with kind of the negative on the left and go to the positive on the right, absolutely. And that's, I'll
0: be doggone. That's interesting. So what's the, I mean, this is a deep question, but I mean, if it works, what? how in the heck does that work? What goes on? Because the usually it seems to me that the my recollection of it is that the left side mm-hmm. is the one that's pulling the more logical. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, perceptions together, and the right side then has something to do with the emotional, creative uh, side. How does how right. does that synchronization work?
1: And that's the way that I understand it. Certainly, so it's kind of you know just affirming on that logical, the left side there that yes, we have an issue. There is an issue. So it's accepting. It's confirming. It's just oh, I got affirming you. that there is an issue. We're allowing ourselves to accept the fact that, yes, we have something. And a lot of times, you know, we don't say And again, it's not having to say it out loud. The person wants to say it out loud. It's certainly fine. I'm not going to discourage someone oh doing yeah. that. Yeah. But it's just funny But yes, there's an issue there. And then we just tap into, like you said, the more creative side, the more emotional side, and say, you know what? We've allowed ourselves to accept the fact that there is something going on, and it's okay. There's nothing wrong with the fact that we are wrestling with this but now we're going to get ourselves permission to just let it go. We're going to let that more, you know, just creative, emotional side sort of deal with it. And so that's,
0: that's interesting. I wonder, uh, of course, we have a number of people in our practice that do um, eye movement desensitization, uh, EMDR. Mm-hmm. And, sure. And, but I don't know, and I, I, don't, I don't know the technique. I haven't really talked to them about right. this, but it, it, it's interesting that lateralization, I'm going to have to talk with them about it right and see whether they use that lateralization i didn't think they did a lateralization i think that there's a there's a synchronization that takes place but i didn't think that they were using it with a specific focus to a specific area that's an interesting right mm-hmm. yeah well you know i appreciate it chris we're winding out of time here we've talked yeah. for you know it seems like the time has just flown right by because this is an interesting conversation i mean the thing we had to do in the front part of it is get over some of the language and really think about what we're really talking about and what's the meaning of it. We got into sure. some good examples, and here in this a little bit too late, we got into how it actually can be applied with uh, some of the more psychological brain-oriented things. And to tell you the truth, uh, we had a person talk about cranial restructuring earlier. We, you know, I think it's uh, an interesting, uh, a very interesting topic. Uh, and, you know, that whole, in fact, that's uh, 018 at Core Brain Journal. A guy named Howell was talking about neurocranial restructuring. And I think, you know, that wow. whole thing, people don't know that you can move the cranial vault around. And it's exactly. just so hocus pocus because the perception is that it's locked. Right, right. And, Absolutely. You got, and, and, and you're fighting a perception that's no, it's locked. No, it's locked. Instead of like, okay, if it moves, how are we going to move it, and what, what's the purpose, what's the objective, and what do we hope to mm-hmm. accomplish? You know? So anyway, exactly I'm bringing all that up, and I uh, re- really appreciate you taking the time. Tell us where we can get a hold of you. We're going to have this in the show notes, but Dr. Chris Weaver, where could we locate you?
1: Okay, well, our physical address, we're here at 28 Heritage Park Drive in beautiful Fletcher, North Carolina, right outside of Asheville, up here in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. And so, yeah, if you're in this area or within driving distance, we'd love to have you swing by. So we're at 28 here Heritage Park Drive, Fletcher, North Carolina, and it's 28732, but more feasible way of getting in touch with us. You can visit our website. We have a website that has a, a lot of what we do, some videos. We have a blog you know, that I try to do some health tips, things like that. It's www.prana-chiro. That's www.pranachiro.com. Uh, we are on Facebook. We're just facebook.com backslash prana-chiro. Um Certainly can give us a call. Our phone number is area code 828-337-2916. Time permitting, I certainly do my best to call folks back, answer questions. had a guy that uh, attended a talk that I did uh, earlier last week. Uh, that fell and hurt his hips, so he gave me a call, and I kind of walked him through some things that he could do himself at home to help. So, yeah, we're pretty easy to, to track down and get a hold of. So just,
0: yeah, however it takes, get a hold of us. Prana Cairo. You have a spiritual chiropractic, <laughs> you know, you're on another planet, buddy. This is a good thing. You're, <laughs> you're, talking, you're I, talking. I appreciate that. I take that as a compliment. I do. It is because what's happening is you're really thinking from a different perspective. And just even using the prana is really saying, hey, we're looking at this in a much more uh, non-traditional way, not to lay the traditional aside, but if we're going to do something, let's really look at the entirety of the situation instead of just, as we said right at the beginning, we don't want to just find it, fix it, and leave it alone. We want to really dig deeper and really so we can prevent the the, uh, happenstance down the road absolutely absolutely well thanks a lot chris for taking the time i look forward to talking to you again and look forward to meeting you personally one day i'd love to come down to Asheville; be fun absolutely hey you get down this way definitely stop by chuck we'd love to have you all right thanks a lot chris you have a great day buddy you too buddy thank you thanks for listening to core brain journal we're working every day behind the scenes to bring you reports that connect research benches with those street trenches How to Start ADHD Medications. They're easily available at corebrainjournal.com forward slash start. Thanks for listening. Do connect and stay tuned. Together we can make a difference.